All right. Well, good morning. Thank you all for being here today, and welcome to everybody watching online or listening online. As Jordan mentioned, we are in our summer worship series, and today might be the pinnacle of the series. We're going to talk about kissing the sun. We're going to talk about what it means to really know God intimately. It's a great mystery, what I'm going to talk about today. You're going to have to catch it by the Spirit. This is something that is extremely near and dear to my heart and extremely personal. For years, I went through the motions of worship not really knowing God. For years, I went through the motions. I was hungry and thirsty for him, but I was still covering things up in my own heart. I tell him myself a lot because I've learned by personal experience the goodness of God and his faithfulness, how patient he's been, how loving kind he's been, how forbearing he's been. But for years, I went through the motions of worship where I would would express my love to him while I still hid on the inside. And over the course of time, God would deal with those deeper-rooted issues inside of me and teach me what it means to worship in spirit and in truth. We've talked about what it means to not worship an unknown God. We've talked what it means to worship a known God. Now we're going to talk about knowing God in your worship. What does it mean to know God or to be known by God? To know God is to be known by Him first. To know him properly is for him to first fully know us. Now, God already knows everything about you, and yet he can still not know you. We don't actually know God if we're hiding ourselves from him, and vice versa, he doesn't know us. Although the Father already knows everything about us, there's a deeper level of knowing that he desires from us. This knowing is a willing and desirous knowing from our hearts towards him. It's this openness, it's this exposure of being fully transparent and naked before him. It's a knowing that doesn't hide, it isn't ashamed, and it's not concealed. It's wanting to be wanted and a complete absence of fear and exposing yourself and giving yourself freely and completely away. 1 Corinthians 8.3 says, if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. 1 Corinthians 13.12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. At the same time, we can think we know him and that he knows us and he doesn't. This is a difficult understanding. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare, this is Jesus talking, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So we can see very clearly from the scripture when we're open and transparent, love God with all of our heart, we're known by him. But we can still go through the motions of mystery. And this is a a fascinating scripture, how somebody could walk in the supernatural power of God, prophesy and cast out demons, and the Lord actually say, away from me, I never knew you. So we can see the contrast. Does God know everything about everyone at all times? Yes, but he can still know all about you and not know you. So what does it mean to know God intimately? 
the Greek word for know is the word hinosko. Let's pull up the first slide. This slide breaks down what it means in the Greek to actually know God and to be known by him. It means to learn or come to know. It means to perceive by deep knowledge and understanding, to become known and to feel. It's also the Greek word for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman, to become fully acquainted with, meaning there's so much intimacy between you and the Lord, nothing's hidden, everything's in the light, and you're being open and honest with him intimately with a desire to know him and for him to know you in the deepest part of the bowels of your stomach. God knows you, and he wants to know you on another level. This is the same word used between a husband and a wife in covenantal marriage for being intimate in sexual intercourse. A good example of this is Matthew 125. It says that Joseph did not know, says specifically that he knew not Mary until after his firstborn son, Jesus, was born. Knew not means he was not physically intimate with Mary prior to Jesus being born. Worship is not designed for you. It's designed for him. I don't come to my wife saying, meet my needs. I come to my wife saying, how can I take care of you in every area of my life? We don't worship to get people here. We worship to get God here. It's interesting how so many people define if they like a church or if they're choosing they're going to stay based on, I liked the worship or I liked the preaching. The problem is, is if I design the worship and the preaching solely to please people, I'll miss God. If God's here, he draws all men unto himself. We sing what he wants to hear, not what we want to hear. Like today's song was written yesterday based on the message that came forth last week. It's a little awkward when we're singing new songs that you don't know, but we're birthing new music based on the messages and new songs based on our experiences here and now. It's the song of this house. The the issue isn't if you show up or not. The issue is if God shows up. If he shows up, we get healed. But if he doesn't show up, we walk out of here the same way we came in. I don't want to walk out of here the same way I came in. When God comes into his house, he wants to be intimate with his people. This is why he inhabits, we're going to teach this later, he inhabits or he enthrones himself on the praises of his people. Something happens when his people come together corporately and worship and praise God authentically in spirit and truth. God comes and sets up a throne in our midst and in our hearts. It's governmental rule, but it's intimacy on another level. The primary Hebrew word for praise is the word yada. It means to lift our hands and give thanks. It comes from this word. Yehuda, which is where we get the name Judah, Leah conceived and again bore a son after feeling unloved, disattached, bitter, lonely. God looked upon her affliction and birthed this son, Judah, which is where we get the name praise, and guess who came from this tribe? Jesus the Messiah did. 
from the tribe of Judah. So this understanding of Yehuda leads us to this next word. There are two root words for this root, this word. Let's look at yada. This word yada means to lift up or throw our hands, to throw and cast, but really it's the mindset of I'm in, a, in an act of warfare because there's toda, which is to lift your hands in honor and praise. But this word is this understanding that I'm lauding, praising, confessing, and giving thanks as if I'm throwing arrows or casting stones. It's an act of warfare in worship means to hold out, extend out, or throw out your hand, especially in worship, to revere or worship with extended hands. There's many biblical uses for this word. It means to praise, give thanks, thanksgiving, thankful, confess, make confession, cast, cast out, and shoot. But the next root word of this word is what I want you to see. This next root word means to know and to know intimately. It's the same sim and similar word as the Greek word hinosko. It means to know, learn to know, know by experience, to distinguish, to find out and discern, to become fully acquainted with through deep knowledge and personal experience. And it's also the same word for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. It's to reveal yourself by making yourself known, which leads to full understanding. It's to become fully acquainted with intimately like you would between your spouse and covenantal marriage. I have a deep, intimate, personal knowledge of my wife that no one else is to have. And that leads to the final root word I want you to see, which is the word yod, which means your hand and your wrist, but it also means an axle, like an axle in a car. It means repetition and time consistency and faithfulness. It means I'm continuing to trust God with my heart, my hands, my life, and I'm in continuous worship all the time. My hand is a fractional part or share of a whole that brings critical support to my life and my body. It leads to consecration, power. It's also used in the term of being beside or next to like the coast of a nation. Axles turn things. When we lift our hands to worship, God turns things for us. And in turn, our praise shifts not only our hearts, but our circumstances, situations, and even the hearts of others. This word know is also in the Hebrew, the same word of intimacy between a husband and a wife. Genesis 4.1, now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. And every time this word was used to know, it also led to conceiving or birthing something. So every time a husband and a wife comes together in intimacy, something's birthed out of it. It's the same with you and the Lord. Every time you come before the Lord in intimacy and worship, something is conceived from that. Genesis 4.17, Cain knew his wife and she conceived. Genesis 4.25, and Adam knew his wife again and she bore a son. Psalm 139.23 David prayed one of the most powerful prayers when he said, search me, O God, search my heart and what? Know me intimately. The word in and of itself is not physical, but mental. It's not just a euphemism for sex. Sex with your spouse, though physical, should never be purely physical. 
Physical alone is not true intimacy. We're not animals. The Hebrew mindset's not a physical act. It's a mental act. The mental and emotional should not be secondary. It's not just about getting some or sleeping together or hooking up. This is about an intimate knowledge between you and your spouse that's reserved for that context. It's not just about going through the motions. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that whoever looks upon a woman to lust has committed adultery. The word look in Aramaic is the word chaza, which is to see something that is normally not visible, to fantasize. That's the issue with pornography. In other words, in the eyes of Jesus, the focus of sexual relationship is mental, not physical. Sexual intercourse is intended for two people who know each other intimately that are in covenantal relationship through marriage. They know things about each other that no one else in the world should know. They share their deepest thoughts with each other. There are no secrets between them, no lies, no shame, no fear, no hidden agendas. Praise is an act of procreation. It's reproduction. It's reproductive power, not in a weird, physical, perverted sense. If you have intimacy issues and you don't know what true, proper love is and making love in the context of a husband and a wife, you've got perverted intimacy issues. Repent. Let's let God deal with them. I've had thousands. I was raised in promiscuity. I was raised to use other people for my own selfish gain. I didn't know what real intimacy was. It's not weird or perverted, but rather it comes from a position of empowerment and desire that comes from proper, proper knowledge. When you know God properly, you're empowered and you have a desire for him like no other. I love my wife, but I desire the Lord more than her because if I put her first, she becomes an idol. And many of you have put your spouse or your children in front of God and they become idols. This only comes through Intimacy. Self-help books and just reading your Bible all the time or even just going through the motions of worship, you can miss God. God wants your heart. He wants every part of you. He wants to know you intimately. This is what true spirit and truth worship is all about. Worship is my full surrender and submission. Continuous worship is my greatest gift that I can give as a living sacrifice. Worship is my private devotion and it, from the private, it becomes my public homage. You guys know what the word homage means or to pay homage? It means deep respect shown in public. It's a public devotion. Worship is intimacy that fuels my passion and desire for more of him and, to reprodu and reproduce that same love in others. When I stop worshiping God or I don't worship him consistently, I have little to no passion to reproduce the kingdom into somebody else. I'm trying to show you something here. When I'm intimately involved with the Lord and open and exposing in knowledge, knowing him and him knowing me, something burns in me for everyone else because I can't keep what's inside. I can't contain it. I can't sustain it any longer. I've got to give it away. 
Worship is my most intimate way of expressing my love to the Father. It's my way of fully uncovering and exposing myself to a loving God who already sees and knows everything. God already sees and knows everything. But there's something about you coming to him open and saying, God, here I am, I'm hiding nothing. It's revealing everything and hiding nothing. And it's giving an account now. Look at this scripture, Hebrews 4.13. There's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. So it's me saying, I'm going to give an account now. Here I am, Lord. I know you see it all already, but God, I don't want those things in my life. I'm going to confess them to you and expose them to you, trusting that you will bring healing and kindness and love and mercy into my heart. Know me, Lord, on another level, and I want to know you on another level. Psalm 2.12, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Let me tell you about this word kiss. This word kiss, let's pull up the next slide, is nashak, nashak in the Hebrew. And this word means, no, it's the, go to the other slide, not this one. There we go. This is the first meaning of the word kiss, nashak. It means to put together through a kiss or to handle but it's more than just kissing. It means to be armed. It means to be equipped with weapons, purpose, and strategy. To be armed for battle, arrayed in battle splendor. The biblical uses for this word nashak are kiss, armed, ruled, and touched. But this word is directly related to another word, which is the word nasak. And that word means to make a fire or to catch fire. It means to kindle or be kindled, to burn or to be burned. Everything starts with a kiss. Everything starts with a kiss. It's reproductive power. So what happens when you start making out with your spouse? Now, all y'all that are single, I'm going to tell you right now, this is why at the wedding ceremony, it says you may now kiss the bride. And I know some of you are going to say it's old-fashioned, it's weird, it's impossible. Okay, take it up before God. My point I'm trying to make is, is when two people attach to the lips and they start to become intimate one, with one another, you can't tell me you don't start to get arrayed for battle splendor. You can't tell me that you don't suddenly get armed. <laughs> Am I wrong? I know she's like, oh, we can manage that. We'll just make out. It's no big deal. But I never made out and didn't want more. Let me just tell you right now. I was ready to run the bases. Let me explain to you the power of a kiss. You've got to understand this. When you entwine yourself intimately with the Lord, this is what I'm really talking about. Remember, it's not physical, it's mental and spiritual first. This isn't perverted. 
get it out of your head. When I come to the Lord intimately and expose myself in passion and love and say, everything's already laid naked. I already showed it to you. Everything's already laid bare. But there's something about taking off the fig leaves and the self-control and the, sh- and the self-preservation and laying myself bare before God. Because I can tell you that worship, your life is a direct expression of your worship, so is your intimacy with your spouse. I guarantee you if you have intimacy issues with your spouse, it's because you have intimacy issues with God. Because when you get with God intimately, he heals you. And he, he brings you into who you fully are so you're confident and secure. So that when you come to get with your spouse, it's like, turn the lights off. I don't want you to see me. I'm, I'm ashamed of my body. Listen, you are what you are and you married what you married. Let it all hang out. Because if you can't properly love each other in intimacy in the marriage bed, which by the way, the Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled, but we defile it. We defile it because we were raised with intimacy issues. And now when we don't have a proper worship with God, we have fear when we get with our spouse. We're still hiding. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good today. Man, you never heard this on a Sunday morning, I can assure you. There are so many marriage problems in this church and in the kingdom, and you got intimacy issues in the bedroom because you have intimacy issues with God. And when you come into the house of God, you don't worship, but you retreat and you hide in fear and shame, and you self-preserve yourself, and you sit back based on styles and preferences. Now, I love all of you, so if I sound intense, I'm intense, but I love you. Big smile. But how in the world can you come into the house of God and hide yourself? We cross our arms, we sit back, we evaluate everything based on our own thinking. We don't worship. We say, I'll never do that. And that's what you say in the bedroom. Because it's your way. It's not God's way. We have to fully give ourselves over to the one we value the most and give our worth ship to. Let me explain to you again how powerful kisses are in the context of idolatry. First Kings 19, 18. Elijah's like, just kill me now. Suicide. The one that called fire down so many times. First Kings 19, 18. And what does the Lord say? I've reserved 7,000 in Israel who, who, of all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Because idol worship is kissing the idol. Literally in the Bible, when there were human sacrifices being made, the people were commanded to kiss the calves as they came by. That's how perverted the world is. This is the world. We kiss Hollywood. We kiss entertainment. We kiss social media. And then we're kissing each other when we're not married. And we're literally defying the covenantal promise, most likely because you don't have a proper alignment with God. Because only the fear of God can keep me from kissing somebody I shouldn't. Only the fear of God and the fear of my wife keeps me from looking at porn. Because she's like, I'm out if you do. And I'm like, well, I don't want to lose you. And that stupid image and picture, I'm not going to kiss that anymore, but I'm going to kiss you. Come over here, and I'm going to get lots of kisses from you. (laughs) I want to kiss her all the time. 
not just because I want to have sex or be injured, because I love her. I want to know her. I care for her. I desire her. There's something about being intertwined together. This is the understanding of being intertwined with the Lord properly. We're worshiping haphazard. Know God. Come to him begging for mercy. When you're broken and you feel like you have nothing to give, bow down. One of the words for worship is barach, means to kneel down, prostrate, and put your head to the floor. When you don't know what to do, lay out. Give yourself to God. Stop retreating and hiding from him. He loves you. Listen, if he wanted to kill you and wipe you out, he'd already done it. If it's all about just getting to heaven, you get born again, let's, let's take you home now and kill you now. God loves you. He cares for you. Kissing the sun is intimacy. Kissing the sun is passion. Kissing the sun is desire. It's an arming with battle weapons for what? To reproduce through praise and worship. How many of you know what the word engender means? Everybody say engender. Listen, blaze this word on your heart. Engender. Engender means to cause or give rise to. To do what? To create offspring. So in a marriage, when you're intimate, the, the original design is to create offspring. In the kingdom, in worship, God engenders you when you're intimate and you know him intimately. And what happens? He causes you to rise up and recreate sons and daughters. I guarantee you, without worship, there's no evangelism, there's no prophecy, there's no wanting to reproduce in others. It's self-absorbed. And that's why improper worship is self-absorbed. We make our worship and our song and our lyrics idols because it doesn't make us feel good. It's not about making us feel good. It's about giving our all to him, to know him, and then he says, now I know you, and he makes you feel good. It's a result of proper alignment and intimacy with him. So in your worship, you get engendered. And I love y'all, but sadly in America today, less and less Christians are evangelizing, preaching the gospel, reproducing sons and daughters. We have generations walking away from the church, and I'm going to attribute it to a lack of worship, not just here publicly, but privately. I'll tell you right now, the more intimate I am, the more I worship God, the more flamed on and on fire. And again, what were the two words? To kiss means, it's nashak, it means that I'm arrayed with battle splendor, I'm armed for battle, and then the, the root word is to burn with passion, to be flamed on. Why am I flamed on? Because you'll never see me not worship, ever. I have worshiped the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength since the day I gave my life to God. And I bombed it, failed it, screwed it up many times, but, but I made the decision I will never walk into God's house and sit back. And I'll give him my worship every day of my life. And I get it. Worship can be cleaning the dishes and making our bed and living our life. But I'm talking about the expression of passionate worship. Throwing out my hands. Slinging spiritual stones. Throwing spiritual arrows in the atmosphere. Worship transforms atmospheres. Why? Because it sets you on fire to do something you've never done. And to reproduce. God wants to engender. It's a mother and a father. 
Think husband, wife, sons, daughters. You can't really praise them and not get pregnant with purpose and power. <laughs> I'm pregnant. And I'm in love with a man. And his name's Jesus. I know that sounds strange or weird, but I don't care. I don't care. Neither does Oscar. I love the same man. He loves the same man. <laughs> Let me have the, the worship team come up. Now listen. The New Testament word for worship is proskeneo. Let's pull that slide. Look at this slide while the team comes up. The, the, this is the, the word for worship in Greek. There's not seven Greek words for worship. There's one. I want you to look at the screen. What does it mean to kiss? Kiss the hand. Kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. Now, you're not a dog, but how many of you love your dogs? I love my dog. We have this golden doodle that has got serious codependency issues. I'm not, she thinks she's a human. And she gets up on the couch and sits right next to us. We're, my wife and I, every night, have conversations when the kids go to bed. We always sit together and talk every night. And, well, not every night. Sometimes she wants to veg out and watch her shows. But more often than not, we, 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 we have good time. And the dog jumps up right between us, sits right between us. Like, what about me? And then we don't have an overly licking dog but when I go to pet her, she does this thing where she just barely touches her tongue to my mouth. And what she's saying to me is, please, please pet me more. <laughs> that is a form of worship from my favorite pet to me. You've got to see it's this mindset of kneeling or lying prostrate. It's falling upon the knees, touching the ground with your forehead. It's profound adoration before the Lord. You see, the Bible already shows you what, he, what the Lord loves and desires from us. And it's not because he's a narcissist. It's because he wants to know you and he wants to reveal himself to you in a way you've never known. But you won't get that if you don't worship. You can read your Bible all day long. You can go to church all day long. Some of you guys are nice Christians. You go to church, you read your Bible, but no profound encounters and experiences and fire and flamed on with the Lord. Rock City is designed for this. It's who we are. Not everybody's gonna like it. And that's okay, because that's not about what the people like, it's about what the Lord wants. You can't spend an hour telling God who he is and God not begin to reinforce who you are. I'm going to say something again. You can't really praise him and not get pregnant with purpose and power. You can't spend an hour telling God who he is and not begin to reinforce who you are. Understanding that kissing the sun is a requirement in the way. We have to learn to kiss the sun properly in our worship. If we don't, we'll perish in the way. What did it say? Kiss the sun lest he be angry with you and you perish in the way. We're all on the way. Why would God ever be angry if you're not properly worshiping him? because you're worshiping someone else and he's a jealous God. He wants all of you. Listen, you're gonna perish in the way if you don't worship. I love you, please, beloved. I'm begging you. I'm begging every one of you. I don't care where you're at and who you are, how much you know. You don't have to be a worship expert. You don't have to go to school to learn how to worship 
in a perfect way. God takes you as you are. But if you don't worship the Lord and kiss the Son, you will perish in the way. I promise you. And it's a long, slow fade. It's a slow fade. And before you know it, you're like, what happened? I lost my fire. I lost my zeal. I'm not reproducing. I'm not raising up sons and daughters. The issue today is the church has lost its first love. And it's not kissing the sun anymore. But not Rock City. Is it just me? Are y'all with me? To wait patiently upon the Lord means to entwine yourself to him. I waited patiently on the Lord. It's not passive resignation. I was in muck, the muck, the mud, the miry clay. He lifted me. He heard my cry. He heard my cry. Cry out to you, God. Hear me in the mud and the muck. Lift me out, Lord. I'm entwining myself to you. I waited patiently on the Lord means to hook up like two bread ties tied together. And it means to unhook from the world. You've got to. You're a remnant people. Say, I'm a remnant. You want to be like every other church? Go to every other church. You want to be like every other Christian? No, you're different. You're on fire. You're sons and daughters. You're in love with him. Kiss the sun at all, all times. Bow down no matter what you've done or where you've been. Don't be afraid to fully expose yourself to him openly. He already sees and knows. He just wants you to know and let go of fear, shame, and control. It's time to kiss the sun. Who's with me? Who wants to kiss the sun with me?